So I carefully picked up a stone from the ground, slowly raised the slingshot, and took aim at that monkey. And I pulled back, and I pulled back, and I launched the stone, and believe it or not, the stone hit the monkey. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to the Wild Spectacle Podcast a limited series where we talk about magnificent experiences we've had on this amazing earth. I am your host, Janice Ray. Here I speak with people who in nature happen to experience something, a phenomenon or an event, large or small, that shocks them, that infuses them with mystery or amazement or even fear an encounter that shifts the way they see the world and themselves in it. This is episode two, and today I'm speaking with Anandam Kavuri. Dr. Kavuri is a professor of entertainment and media studies at the University of Georgia. There, he coordinates the Environmental Communication Initiative of Grady College. In his writing, Dr. Kavuri, who was born in India, engages with issues of place, identity, and media culture in a transnational context. Dr. Kavuri is the author of The Logics of Globalization, Thinking Television, and Global Bollywood. He's also a novelist. Andy, thank you for telling your wild spectacle story. Thank you, Dennis. First, let's get you on um, a kind of a fun chart. On a scale of one to ten, how wild are you? Um, I would say about a five. I'm, I'm a big city boy who loves to be outdoors, but I wasn't raised in the in the kind of spirit you need to be really wild. So, on a scale of one to ten, my desire to be wild is probably nine, but the reality is probably around five or so. That's beautifully said. So honest. Thank you. Thank you. So you have a story in mind to tell us today. And so if you'll set the stage, like where did this happen and why were you there? And then what happened? Well, my my father was a rural development officer in in India. And so we used to live in a in near some a cluster of villages and my father used to go to work there and um during the summer break which was a long one and a long hot one uh we used to roam in the forests around this area this is not what you're thinking of as a lush forest but this is a dry thorn forest so think brown think pale white think dirty red all of these things made up the forest and what was also in these forests were giant groups of of monkeys what are called langurs which are a family of monkeys um so i used to own something called a gulail which is like a slingshot and being really nasty minded i used to go around trying to hurt animals and see if i could um, hit them with with my slingshot. So I would try aim and try and aim at birds. I would miss. I would try and hit some uh, 
uh, galeries, which are a form of, which are a type of um, squirrel. But what I really wanted to do was hit one of these monkeys. And, but they were very quick and really fast. So I would wander off in, into the forest many an afternoon. And then I saw a monkey sitting on a, on a branch near where I was. So I carefully picked up a stone from the ground, slowly raised the slingshot and took aim at that monkey. And I pulled back and I pulled back and I launched the stone and believe it or not, the stone hit the monkey. I don't know where, it could be in the face, it could have been on, on, on his chest, but I saw it hit him. And then the story really gets going because the monkey bared his teeth, the monkey jumped down from the tree and I ran. I ran as fast as I could, as fast as I could, but the monkey was right behind me. I, I could see him. And just as I was approaching my, um, my home, something dank and went wet, went through my pants. And in this state of complete mortification and humiliation, I looked back and I saw the monkey had stopped. It was just a charge. It wasn't really serious, but clearly, I had learned my lesson that when you are in wild spaces, try not to act wild, so to speak, but to really respect um, their space and that world. So that's that's one of my wild stories, um, oh. or sorry, my story in in the wild, so to speak. That is so amazing. After that happened how did you see nature differently or your own life differently i think that i it 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 transformed me in the way that i really began to learn to kind of live with them because they were everywhere they would raid uh the roofs of home if you had um lentils outside drying or uh food being left outside they would come and steal it um, but I just learned to kind of admire them for kind of what they were, a species that was wild and lived in the wild, but also had learned how to use the humans around them in ways that, that they could. So I think maybe a sense of, of um, respect. I also remember many an afternoon where I would just watch them for the longest time and your listeners need to know that I grew up in a world without television uh, and we had one transistor at that time that, that, that my dad had so we just had books and we didn't have any um, connections so it was really just observing these animals and I learned how they walked I learned their they had very specific cries for different things different um, calls and I learned to even kind of mimic them. I would kind of um, walk on all, all fours and see if I could run like a monkey. And they had giant tails that would curve uh, up over their head. And I wish that I had a tail like that, but um, apparently I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andy, uh, that's, 
that's a large, amazing experience. And you have such a, you just had such a rich childhood and you have all those childhood stories, but in general now, um, you know, where you live, what kind of small spectacles, little happenings do you experience close to your house? You know, what kind of amazing things happen regularly for you now? Just if you would just give us one or two ideas of the things you experience more on a daily basis. Yeah, I I think that for anybody interested in, in opening themselves to the wild, I would go to you to a local park, a local nature park, and just do it regularly. And so I take my dog for a walk on this very same trail almost every day or or every at least twice twice a week. And you tend to see the small things that are emerging. It could be a small log that is falling down. It could be a a mushroom that sort of um, grows on that trail, which you didn't see the day before flower. Um, right now, for example, I'm marveling at the uh, Juro spiders that have taken over Af- um, taken over Georgia and Athens. And you see them, uh, for your listeners that, that don't know, this is a, uh, I believe it's an invasive species. Uh, and they build the, these tremendous multidimensional webs and uh, they're very strong nets, and so that's that's kind of my experience of of the wild right now for me. That I encounter these uh, these spiders almost daily, and they're very spectacular looking spiders. I'm not trying to get people to to use fossil fuel to travel across the globe to see wondrous mm-hmm. things. You know this. Mm-hmm. This is really about us deeply appreciating the the complexity and beauty of life. I, so I'm interested really in us rewilding ourselves, so to speak. And mm-hmm. and so that question, you know, it, it's my last question. How might we get better connected with the environment, especially our own places? One suggestion for how someone might begin to rewild. You may have answered that would be you know, to find a wild place, even a park near mm-hmm. your home. Is that, is that what, how, what you would advise people to do? Yeah, I think that um, you can even begin small by just, if, if you sort of live in a suburb, uh, just look at the um, trees in your backyard. And if you learn, each tree ha- is a story. So if, even if it's an unspectacular pine, uh, it has a story, and so I would just spend time learning about that that species of tree, maybe cutting down some of its bark just to examine it. So I think if you're you can find the wild even if you're in a wheelchair, you you can you can wheel yourself to the closest um, natural thing around you, which is probably a tree or a flower or or a bush. So I think you you can really run deep. With, with just about anything. I happen to have a, on my bookshelf a large pine cone, which is a, a pine cone of a long leaf pine. And I think that when, when you hold that, that pine cone in your hand, you're, you're looking at a story there that, that you can learn about, that this particular tree was, was such an important dominant species where we live now. It doesn't exist now except in 
a few places and it is being rewilded, so to speak. So, yeah. So I think that that's what I would say that you don't have to go to Alaska. You can do it in, in your, your backyard. Andy, thank you so much for talking with me today. It's just such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much, Dennis, and I will talk to you later again soon. Thank you for listening. If you like what we're doing here, give this show a thumbs up and forward it to a friend. Thanks to Axel Tree for their beautiful music, Clothe the Fields with Plenty. We're eager for new voices on the show, so if you'd like to tell a story, please be in touch. Don't forget to get out in nature and take a friend, especially a child. Go see a wild phenomenon. Amaze yourself. Connect yourself. I hope you have a wondrous, wildly spectacular day.